Thank you for being with us today. We would love to have you join us in person. To partner with us or to give online, go to www.upperroomohio.com. We hope you enjoy this message. going into this year is, is really exciting, and I just love the opportunities for kind of like that reset. Anybody else like those markers, those, those milestones, those memory stones of like going into a new school year, a new year, and I, I just, I believe that, and I, I love those opportunities. I'm not big into like New Year's um, resolutions, but I am into like resets, goals, visions, clarity, uh, dreaming, walking with the Lord, journeying with Him. Um, so, this, this week, I just figured we kind of like wrap up all series and all messages from 2019 into one and do some reflection. Um, if you remember back about one year ago, our first Sunday in January of 2019, we passed out these cards and we had graphics for them. I don't know if you have the graphic ready up. So we had Vision 19. And we're so good, we, we come up with perfect vision before 2020, all right? Now everybody's like, it's the perfect vision. No, we have vision 2019, all right? So, but on the back of these cards were a list, and we encourage you to dream with the Lord. And in the bathrooms and on this and, and throughout the church, we have put Ephesians 3.20, 3.21, talking about he'll do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask, think, or imagine, or one version says dream of. He'll do far abundantly more than we could even dream of. So we encourage you to dream with the Lord. So in a little bit, we're going to ask some people to share testimonies of what happened. Next week, I'm super excited. Um, it's probably, I've been geeking out on this stuff for like the last couple months preparing for the first couple messages, first few weeks of the new year. And I've got Amazon boxes coming to the house. I've got bow and arrows, targets. I've got, I may or may not shoot a bow in here. No, I probably won't, but it'd be fun if I did. So we're, we're, it's going to be like the arrow 2.0. Most of you know that we don't have a ton of like programs. We don't have a ton of media. We hope to upgrade that. We're not opposed to that. But one of the things that we focus on is the presence of God. Hosting is presence number one and people number two. And people being launched as arrows. And I just feel like this is an opportunity for the, for the generations to merge. About 80% of our congregation here are millennials or Gen Z. That means about 20% are Gen X or older. And I believe this, I believe like we're, we're merging these generations that if you're here and you're in that Gen X or older, you have purpose and you have life to fulfill. You have purpose this coming year to pour into us, to pour into this next generation, to pour into the, to the, to the kids of the house. And the kids of the house, you get to have some moms and dads here pouring into you. Listen, if you're here, you're, you're, you've had something to thank the Lord for this year. And if you're here, you're not done. If you're here, you've still got purpose. You've still got something to give, something to live for. And, and the 2020 vision for us is going to be, what's the next 20 years look like? We're not going to just, just do 12 months this time. I want 20 dreams for the next 20 years. And what's our legacy going to be? What are we living for? What are we dying for? What are we willing to give our life for? And I'm excited. So, so that's going to be the Arrow 2.0. And, and I, can't, I can't spoil too much, but it's super exciting. And I believe this. Some of you may have had a tough year. And, and it's sometimes holding that intention. It's that tension that's the hardest. But we're, be we're getting ready to be released. Some of us, you know, we've, we've had these rough years Steve was, was speaking into, you know, and somebody like Emily and Chris unexpectedly lost his mother this week, around, just before Christmas. 
You know, there's, there's been hardship, there's been some, some brokenness, there's been some temptations, there's been some journeying, but let me just tell you, on the other side of every valley is this mountain. And let me tell you, when you get there, you realize the benefit and you realize what happened in that valley and there was this growth season in you. And you realize that, that down there, there were some nutrients and there were some streams flowing. That's where the vegetation is. Listen, the valley's hard to go through, but when you come out of it, you're thanking the Lord that you came through it, but you came through it stronger and better than you ever were before you went there. It's that tension of the air. It's that tension before the launching. That's the hardest thing. I'm, I'm an archer and I'm a, I'm a bow hunter. And, and when, we're, when we're holding and we're, we're, we're waiting to release that arrow, it's hard and you're, you're shaking and you're trying to stay still. And it's in that tension that's the hardest time, but it's just, prepare, just before and just prior to the launching. And I believe there's some arrows here that are about to be launched. Every generation is going to serve a purpose and fulfill a destiny and have a legacy. So are you hitting your mark? Are you ready for your legacy? That's, that's the next few weeks. We're excited. But last year we had these Vision 19 cards. And I want to start in Psalms 34.8. And this is kind of going to be the day. We've got a lot of stuff today. We've got a lot of things that we're going to share and kind of a, a few moving parts. But I believe the Lord's going to speak to us because... I think this, I think it's important that we reflect and I think it's important that we, that we give the Lord some honor and we give him our testimonies because just like on Christmas, my, my kids, see a testimony is also a form of thankfulness. When we share a testimony, we, we're sharing in the thankfulness and the goodness of God and what he's done. It also becomes prophetic for what he'll continue to do. So a testimony, let me just back up, I'm fast forwarding a little bit here. A testimony is a church word, it's churchanese for a story, a good story for his glory. So many of us, we didn't grow up in the church or maybe you've not heard this word and testimony seems that's really formal. It's literally an amazing story that the Lord did something in your life and he wants you to share it for his glory. It's your story for his glory. That's a testimony. It could be a healing, it could be a promotion, it could be a relational reconciliation, whatever it might be. So then when we testify or we give our testimony, and, and I'll just be honest with you, like I've given people's testimonies and it's led to other healings. Somebody will be, be journeying through something or they'll have this, this disease or this diagnosis and I'll recall a story that I wasn't even a part of, of somebody else's testimony. I begin to share it and then this person gets healed. It builds this anticipation of faith. It builds this expectancy that God can still do it again. We used to sing this song when I was growing up, he'll do it again, he'll do it again. So, so a testimony is not only a form of thankfulness, it's also a prophecy because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he did it yesterday, if he did it last year, if he did it a decade ago, God will still continue to do it again. So that's a testimony. So, so we go to Psalms 34, 8, and it says this, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. See, see, we get to taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. So there's this thing that I like to do the last service of the year, and I've kind of been going this around the last couple of years of just reflecting what the Lord's done. Now, my wife and I, we as many couples, we didn't start off with a ton of money. We started off with some school debt and some other things, and we couldn't afford those fancy meals early in our marriage. You know, Applebee's was the upgrade, you know? It was like... They didn't have cool, like, cheap meals like Chipotle back then, all right? That wasn't out Hothead, wasn't out Chick-fil-A, wasn't around here. So, like, like it was like McDonald's or, or Applebee's. Like, I, I love Nicole real well. So, so any, but, but I'll be honest, Applebee's had this thing called Bobley Bread. Anybody remember that about 20 years ago? This Bobley Bread, it was, like, lathered in butter and garlic. and it was so good. 
But on our 10-year anniversary, we, I renewed our, we renewed our vows, and we made a big to-do of it because I was proud that, first off, I was saved and Jesus loved me. And secondly, we made it beyond the three years we were going to get divorced. So super proud and excited we made it 10 years. So we splurged. We did a whole wedding here. We took a honeymoon again and, and just did it all over again. And we are dining on our 10-year anniversary out in this, this cool thing. They had to boat us out to this restaurant. The, the docks were all uplit with these fish swimming around. And all of a sudden, the, the, the experience became real. We sit down. They give us a wet cloth. They're like, here, you know, refresh yourself. And it smelled like mint and all this stuff. I was like, what's this? And then all of a sudden, they bring out, we order some food. And then they bring out something we didn't order. We're like, they're like, here's an appetizer, compliments of the chef. Well, these things are little tiny, like little, little samples of stuff, right? But then all of a sudden they're like, and then they bring out, here's sorbet, compliments of the chef, to cleanse your palates. <laughs> and then they bring out a towel, and then they give us a, they exchange our wet towel for another one. And, and it just keeps happening. This was a seven-course meal. I'm like, wow. That night, my palate changed. And I realized that it wasn't just how much food I could have or how much junk food I could put in my body and, and getting my value and my money's worth at a buffet. No, this was a dining experience, and everything was amazing. It was great. It was perfection, right? When we taste and see that the Lord's good, all of a sudden, sometimes we need to slow down and enjoy the experience and not forget and fast forward all the way through what's to come. My daughters, they tend to get in this habit, like, shoveling it in, choo-choo-choo, shovel, choo-choo, shovel, and we're like, slow down, enjoy what you're eating, swallow that, then take another bite. Many times, we won't focus on what's happening right now, and we're still looking forward to what's to come, but there's this time of reflection, there's this time of tasting and seeing that he's good, experiencing that, walking in that, and enjoying that, and recalling the, the experience that we just went through. Now, I, I know that some of the years for some of us in here were rough, were hard, but if you made it in here today, you've got something to be thankful for, and God's not done yet. If you've walked in these doors today, or, or if you made it into these doors today, guess what? God loves you, and, and he's in love with you, and he also likes you, and your best years are yet to come, and he's not finished. So we're going to do part of that in uh, just some scripture tying this in. It's like in all things, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in all things give thanks for the will of God in Christ is in you. Now, now here's another thing, Psalm 104. It's talking about enter his gates, enter his courts with praise and thanksgiving. It's, 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 it's dedicating ourselves to say, listen, when I come into his presence, when I come in, when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to start my day with praise and thanksgiving. Last one, 1 Chronicles 16, 34. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. It doesn't say, you know, if everything is going great, give thanks. No, in all things, in everything, no matter what we're going through, we give thanks to the Lord because our situation, our circumstance, our trial doesn't define the integrity of goodness of God. He's always good. So that's kind of what we're going to reflect on. And as you hear some of these stories coming up here, just begin to pull out the nuggets. And, and maybe, maybe your year was full of a little bit more dirt, but there's still some gold nuggets. And sometimes you got to dig through a lot of dirt to get to the gold. But when you get to the gold, it's a refining and it's a purifying and it's all worth it. So as you sit there and reflect and look like, man, think what the Lord's done. Think just, just even the little things. So, so Revelations 12, 11 says this. And we're going to ask Ty, Kristen, and Sarah to kind of make their way up here. But Revelation 12, 11 says this. For they, it says, and they overcame him, the enemy, the thief, 
by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. There's two ways we overcome the enemy, his attacks, his, his stupidness, if that's even a word. Like two ways, by what Jesus did for us and by what Jesus is doing through and in us. By what he did on the cross, by the blood he shed for us, he's already paid the price. And there's more power in one drop of God's blood than what the enemy could ever do on this earth. There is so much power in that. And then by the word of our testimony, by us bragging about Jesus, by us bragging about what he's done in us, through us, around us, to others that we know. This is the great thing about a testimony. It becomes so powerful and so living. And all of a sudden, it becomes this ministry opportunity of sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus. So we're going to ask them to share. Oh, you found it. That's amazing. So Ty's going to come on up first. And uh, basically, they're just going to share what what happened. What were some of the breakthroughs they experienced by doing this last year? Good morning. Good morning. Thank you, Pastor Aaron. So in 2016, that summer, I was really trying in my own desire and strength to get our family on a mission trip. We have a sponsored child in Mexico, and I just wanted to make it happen, and my husband just wasn't feeling it, and it wasn't going to work with work, and I was really kind of disappointed. 2017, he was deployed. 2018, we moved. I'm like, Lord, I really want a family mission trip. So when Pastor Aaron shared about these vision cards, that, that's my number one thing. I'm writing it down, God. I'm going to believe for it. I was really inspired and just trusting him for it and um, excited for the opportunities that could come. Started asking around, told Pastor and Nicole and, you know, a few others who might be doing a trip, let us know if you're going to go. I, this is my number one thing. I want to make it happen and trusting the Lord for it. And kind of happened not a way I would have expected. We had some friends uh, come through town. They came to church with us. We went out to lunch. This was in February. And we got talking about um, missionaries and things. And he said, I have a friend who works with David Hogan in Mexico. I was like, oh. Cool. You know, we moved on in the conversation. And I, that week, I felt the Lord say, contact them, get his information, see if you can do that. And we had been watching David Hogan and loving him anyway, so that whole idea of his ministry was kind of surreal. Um, so we worked it out. The guy said, call on March 1st. We called on March 1st, and, and it just worked out for us to go in June. It was the right timing with my husband's work. Other trips weren't going to work with his timing and schedule. And it was amazing. It was amazing and way beyond what we could have asked or imagined. We did pioneer missions with this family um, out of Mexico City. We went into the mountains and the villages and heart transformation for us, being changed by who we contacted and were able to minister to. And um, even a family that was there that we didn't expect to be there, that connection has held. And it turned into a conference that my husband and son went to in July that was further life transformation. Um, As my son put it, that Mexico trip was the start of his awakening this summer and what the Lord did. So if you have a dream in your heart, if you're burning for something, trust that the Lord's put that there and it's something he wants to fulfill and it may just not look like or be the timing that you think, but it was perfect for us and I just give him all the glory. This is, this is Kristen, if you don't know her, and uh, maybe you've seen her on the news recently that has a little bit to do with her dreams. Also, real quick, Nicole was talking about um, healing, and my hip is hella hurting this morning, and it's like 50% better, so I'm like super excited. So Jesus is awesome because like, I never would have wanted or thought that I could get healed like that because my... Goals were like, okay, I'm going to get, um, like, heart healing and, like, really emotional healing. 
and I'm ending up like Pastor Aaron, like crying every other word. Um, so, I mean, it's a good thing. Um, but that process has been crazy amazing for me, and I'm still going through that. And out of that, like 99% of my little dream sheet, whatever, has been able to become true, which is like super amazing to me because I'm like nothing, like I had this mindset of like nothing good ever happens to me, but like I got out of that because that's not what Jesus wants, you know, and it's so cool because he gave me this vision. I was like, I'm going to start a community center called The House. Well, a year and three months ago, I got sober, um, and so, thanks, yeah, <laughs> thanks, and so, from getting that, like, heart healing and, like, trusting in Jesus and, like, actually praying and, like, reading my Bible more, um, I had the opportunity to go through an incubator, which birthed Gym City Sober Bar, which was actually the vision that God has given me, and it's just, like, the beginning, because I know there's going to be more to come, and I'm super excited, but it's just the beginning of a year and three months ago, I would have never thought that I would be sober, one. Two, I would have my own business, like I'm a business owner, like sole business owner. And three, like, I don't know, I just have a family that I never had and I'm longing for. So, yeah. 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 So, uh, the news has been picking up on this and, and advertising and doing her interviews about the sober bar. So, holidays are the hardest time for many people with uh, Hertz Habits hangups. So she started this, and I think the first one was Friday night after uh, Thanksgiving, right? Wednesday, Wednesday before. Yeah. yeah, Wednesday the day before. So that's the number one day for um, the, the roughest day for alcohol, alcohol use, alcohol abuse, domestic violence, all these crazy things. So she gets this vision. She's like, boom, I'm going to create a solution. So, and there's been one more since, and now there's one coming up New Year's Eve, and it's basically a big party with DJ and everything, just no alcohol. So if you need a safe place to go and go hang out and have fun and have community, how do they find out about it, and where do they go to get more info? Um, Facebook or Instagram, Gym City Sober Bar. Sober Bar is one word. Um, we're working on a website for you people who don't use social media that much. Um, but, or you can talk to me afterwards. The tickets are $25, and you get... Two free mocktails, not, yeah, mocktails, one out of my Gym City Silver Bar, um, entrance into the storytelling event, which I'll be telling a very scary, vulnerable story, <laughs> and, um, and you get to party and have a good time and toast with sparkling grape juice at the end. Woo! And if, right. you don't, if you don't have money, we have set aside money for that, so, yeah. Yep, just see her for more details, so yay, Jesus. Now, now, Sarah, she's amazing. Uh, she leads the singles ministry, and uh, her and Tony. But what, one of the deals is uh, Nicole used to meet with her a lot. And I'm like, you know what? Why are you meeting with her so much? Who is she? This was a couple years ago. And I was like, you know, you could be meeting with leaders and all these things. She's like, I like her. And I was like, oh, okay. And they've become super good friends, but she is amazing. And uh, I'll be honest. like she, it's, I know for Nicole, she's one of those people that also sharpens her iron. And, like, they just build each other up. And I've even got to drop in on a couple of those little coffee times. And, uh, but she was one of the speakers, at, and I know it's part of her testimony, but she was one of the speakers at our last marriage night, or two ago, I think, and uh, this year. And it was amazing. It was phenomenal. My draw was, like, dropped drop the whole time. I was like, you're such a good speaker. So, no pressure. Go ahead. <laughs> Thanks. 
So with any good story, you have to start where it begins. And um, so when it comes to the 2019 vision card, I was really, really afraid to write down a goal. Because in 2018, when I did that exact same exercise, it began like the birth of some disappointments. So in 2018, it was one of the hardest years because I'd written down all these things. I'm like, let's do it. Let's get it done. But God was not in the dreaming. I just tried to do it on my own. And so I'd hit these walls and just couldn't figure out like God what's going on and so when it came to 2019 and Aaron said okay we're gonna write down the goals I really didn't want to and I said God I can't do that again and he said well dream with me this time so invite me in and I did and so I'm sitting down I wrote down seven goals and I was just like okay like please let this be different because I can't relive that again and it was very very different not an absence of giants there have been walls that I've hit even in these seven goals, but the difference was God was in it and he had my back. And so when I would go to face these giants, he was there with me and he has given me what I needed to conquer them. And so I almost didn't want to share anything because I'm like, well, I wrote down seven and only did five. So Mm -hmm. I don't know that I'd have anything to say, but God said, Sarah, you, you dream with me, which means it was a little bit more than what you thought you could do. And there's still room for me for 2020. And so I just want to encourage all of you that God can do it. So we talk about it and we say the verses, but he can, he shows up. If you just let him in, if you invite him in. And so one of those things was that I was sitting with my card and God said, I want you to write down that you're going to speak at the marriage night. I was like, God, I'm single. They're never going to let me in. Like, there's no way. There's no way. And so I'm like, okay, I'll write it down. Are you going to give me a husband? I don't know. Okay. Like, all of that. Yes. Um, And so, no to that one yet. But God just worked throughout the year, and I just saw it happen, that he got me that invitation, and I was able to speak. And it's not me. It was him. And he did all of that. So, praise God. Thanks. Now, if you were paying money for a life coach and you wrote down seven goals and five of those seven came true, you, 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 that life coach would be like, yeah, come on, and keep paying me. Like, like, God's pretty good. Like, maybe not all seven yet, but how many believe that God knows? It's, it's, it's yes and amen. And sometimes the no in the moment is building interest for a better yes to come. So uh, a couple others, like my sister, she, had, she and her husband had this dream to start a business. And they not only started a business last year, but God ordained it so that somebody gave them a building. Like they were going to run the business from their home, keep expenses low. And this somehow they went to do some, um, basically you're doing sales calls, right? Cold calls, like did, did in person. And, and uh, they said, hey, what's going on with the building next door to you? They're like, we don't own it. Why? You need a building? Here, why don't you take it rent free? Just pay utilities. Boom, this huge warehouse and building, and it's perfect for what they did. And uh, I know that one of the other stories, and they just lost their, their mother, but Emily Chris, they had a prayer, and one of the things they put down now, they had put it down for two years, and they said they wanted reconciliation with Chris's daughter's mother. And uh, so they've been working through this, and well, all of a sudden, it took to almost just to Thanksgiving, she attended Thanksgiving with them and began to visit with the fa- their side of the family, and that was totally reconciled, and they're getting along so great now. All the way to babies and houses and all these things, children coming to know Jesus who we've been praying for. These are some of the things that have come true, so I'm here to celebrate Jesus because he is a prayer-answering God. Woo! 
Let me, let me just kind of preface next week. And uh, as you end uh, this year and as you go into the new year and as you just begin to kind of posture your heart to the Father, and uh, we've got a little fun treat for you here at the end, but I just want to close this out that I believe we dream, but we dream with purpose. And I believe the Lord allows us to dream, even naturally dream for things and upgrades and, and different things as long as he's first. If we think about it, as long as he's first, so, so Psalms in uh, 37.4, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will honor the desires of your heart. So it, when we're delighting ourselves in the Lord, he has no uh, option but to delight himself and honor the desires in our hearts because they're already delighted in him. They're already within him. They're with him. The other verse that kind of comes to mind is John 14, 13 through 14. It says this, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now, I've often forgot that part. We can ask anything and Jesus will do it. And I say, anything you ask, he'll do it. It says this in the preface, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I'll do it. Basically saying, like, like, put me first. As long as I'm in the picture, I'll honor the desires of your heart. I just want to be made famous. That, that's the thing is we posture our hearts. See, see, the Lord's okay with us being blessed. This isn't a prosperity message. This is keeping the wonder of Jesus and being captivated by him, putting him number one, being all of him, and then dreaming with him with purpose. So we dream, but we dream with purpose. So I know the verses and different things, it's better to give than receive. Now here, I want to dissect that, especially just post-Christmas. It's better to give than receive. It doesn't say we can never receive, though. How we receive is oftentimes a reflection of our self-worth and how we value ourselves and how we see Christ seeing us. See, it says, love your neighbor as what? Yourself. So he's telling us to love ourselves. So, so you, it's better to give. But it's also okay to receive as long as we're giving first and we put Jesus number one. So it's better to give than receive, but we can receive, but it's a reflection. So as you go into this year, and, and we always start the year, the first 21 days, we put Jesus first. We fast as a church, and we're inviting you in on this. And maybe you've never fasted. Maybe it could be media. Maybe it could be a certain type of music. Maybe it could be alcohol or, or different things. It could be these things that whatever you give up, just replace it with something godly. You know, if it's TV time, maybe that's your worship Bible time now. So whatever that is, maybe it's an hour a day, 15 minutes a day, whatever it is. If it's food, now instead of eating lunch at work, now you just sit with the Lord at work. And those things, invite him in on this. So we always start the day because we want him to be number one. And once he's number one, he's okay giving us good gifts. He just wants thanks. Let me, let me close this out. Oh, what a push here. This is weird. Okay, 1 John 3, 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. We're his children. It says this in Matthew 7, 11, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give good gifts to you? That's, that's one of my favorite verses because, like, at Christmas, I gave my daughters these gifts, and just before we go to open presents, they're trying to guess what things are, and they all had this one same size box, and Olivia's like, did you get us an Instax? Did you get us an Instafilm camera? It's, for those of you who are, are uh, older than, like, 22, it is a new version of the Polaroid camera, okay? And it's much smaller. So anyway, they're like, they're like, oh, no, we couldn't afford, you know, they're like, you couldn't afford that. There's three of us that don't have one. Chloe already has one. And we're like, there's no way. All of a sudden, Olivia opens up her gift, and it's one of those cameras. We got a super great deal on them. And, and it's this camera, right? And she begins to cry. 
And she begins to just thank us. She's overwhelmed with joy and overwhelmed with generosity and just overwhelmed by the goodness of God and this gift. And she thanks us just like our Father in heaven. When he pours out his gifts to us, when he gives us, when he's generous with us, all of a sudden he just wants thanks. How many know it feels good when you give a gift, you get a thank you? The Lord's the same way. He's, he's our father, and he's our friend. He's, he's a comforter, right? He wants thanks, and he deserves it. So that's, that's the thing. So I would love to pray for you just, just for a moment here, and we'll close this portion out, and then we're going to interview my dad, all right? This month celebrates 21 years of Upper Room. So we're going to take the last 10 or 15 minutes, do a fun interview. And, uh, and just ask him some fun questions. This went really well first service, so we're excited to see how it goes this service. But can I just put your hands on your heart? Lord, we thank you that we can dream with you. We thank you for expectancy and expectation. We thank you that we delight in you, that we are in awe of you, that we give you thanks in all things. But Lord, we just ask for healing and restoration and even reconciliation wherever that's needed. Lord, if this was a rough year for any, Lord, we bring healing to that in the name of Jesus. We're freed by you, Lord. Your truth, you, you set us free. Your blood makes us free. Lord, we thank you for that. And Jesus, we just pray for an amazing year. Let us dream with you. Let us dream wild dreams beyond our wildest imaginations again. Just bless us, overwhelm us with your love as we give you glory, as we testify of your goodness, as we share your good news with everybody around us. So we thank you, Lord. Build our expectancy for this year. Build our encounters. Build our history with you, Jesus. Dig deep wells with us, Lord. Let us go deep with you this year. Let us dream with you. Let us, let us have a wild adventure in 2020. Let it be high in sight. Let it be great. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now we're going to ask my dad to come on up here. Uh, he and my mom founded Upper Room 21 years ago. And uh, he jokes around, and, but it's in all seriousness that, um, can somebody help John? It'd be amazing. So in all, in all seriousness, he jokes around though, but our entire church, the first couple months, first several weeks at least, could have fit in this first pew. And uh, so it's, it's kind of fun to sit here 21 years later and, and just to kind of see what the Lord's done. And so we're going to ask him a few questions. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Cool, cool, cool. Come on out, Dad. So his name's Greg Simmons. He, he will have a microphone here soon to talk. There you go. But we know him affectionately in this house as Dad. So you have permission to call him Dad as well. Amen. Are we on? Are we on? Not yet. John, can we get this thing unmuted? It'll be amazing. Unmute the mic. We on? We good? We're good. No, no, we're not good. We're not good. 21 years later, we still can't. No, I'm just kidding. We're good. Yeah! Woo! Okay, so I have some questions. We're going to have some fun, and uh, it's only going to be about an hour and a half interview, but lunch will still be available. Did I get my charm and my good looks from you? I think both. <laughs> he is a polished politician, isn't he? So... Uh, this is just in preparation. He's running for re-election, which legally we are not supporting him, okay? We are not biased. We're not allowed to be by the state of Ohio and the state uh, laws of the United States of America. We cannot support any one candidate, so we are not. Uh, but this is just a little practice for uh, your debates and different things coming up for the county. So, um, no, just kidding. 
21 years, all right, so before we get into some deep questions, that's one way to do it. You dingus, there's like a whole row empty right there. Okay. It's like a fancy word for dingleberry, all right? Did I get my comedy from you as well? No. <laughs> okay, 21 years, what, what, what's been your favorite part? 21 years of this and 21 years seeing it come to this so far, what's been your favorite part? My favorite part is coming to church here and seeing all the new faces and uh, realizing that something that you started a long time ago uh, has really increased. And it isn't, and I, I don't want to take credit for this, and I, I want everybody to know this at this time. Uh, what we had at the old church was what I started, and a lot of those people aren't around anymore. But once the church was turned over to Pastor Aaron, uh, it has just increased. It was a vision, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm glad to see it, but my favorite part's being out there at the door, meeting new people. It's awesome. So you're saying like old men dream dreams and young men have visions to fulfill those dreams? Yes. <laughs> that sounds familiar. Huh. Uh, what's been the most challenging part? 21 years, what was the most challenging, do you feel? I, I think the most challenging part was, uh, there's a couple times, one was just getting the church started uh, where we couldn't even afford to fix the roof and I, I bought a bunch of ceiling towel and would go to church early on a rainy day like today, take down the soggy ceiling towel, put up new ceiling towel and everybody say, oh, the roof got fixed. No, the roof didn't get fixed, I bought ceiling towel. But uh, uh, probably the most challenging was when uh, my wife got cancer and uh, battled that for a while and uh, ended up passing away and I kind of went into a depression at that time but uh, all my children uh, were there for me, and I really appreciate my daughters. They, they were over all the time and building me up, and, and uh, we was in a building program here at the time that it happened. Fact is, we, we was almost ready. I, I really wanted my wife's funeral to be in here, but we missed it by about a month, and uh, that was a very difficult time, but uh, Aaron stepped up and uh, uh, took over the ministerial duties and uh, Matt was in charge of the building and uh, things got done but that was a real difficult time yeah I remember a lot of that and uh, it was hard for our family we uh, we're especially at church as you notice even during transition if it's your first week we believe in miracles we believe in healing yes. we saw uh, tumors dissolve we saw cancer totally eradicated from bodies and then when our mom went through it it was it was, she wasn't healed. She got her ultimate upgrade, but not the way we wanted it. And um, so that was hard. Now, in the process, though, we, we did grow. And uh, we gained Patty, a new wife. So it's been an amazing addition to our family. And she had a hard road coming into the Simmons family. Yes, she um, did. This was interesting. Now, we told Dad. We're like, now, Dad, we had some pastoral counseling and some help through it, through some uh, covenant pastors and we're like, you know, don't, don't buy anything major, don't know major life changes. Uh, he gets a puppy, buys a car, gets married. First year. <laughs> First year. So I remember sitting in the meeting there and like my sisters, is it okay if I share just a little bit? My sisters are like so protective and so like loving over my dad. They're like doing background checks online for Patty. Like we know like her whole history. Like we know her credit score. No, I'm just kidding, it wasn't that detailed. 
But we're like, and then we come to a meeting here, and uh, they're telling us they're getting married, and we're like, you, we have a church, we have a family, like, we don't even know her, because she lived out of state, and uh, somebody in the church graciously fixed them up, Kathy, right? Was it Kathy? Kathy, her best friend. And uh, so now, at that time, we're like, you know, it's hard. We were still grieving my mom and uh, still trying to figure this whole thing out. But now looking back, it was such a great, um, just a, a love gift from God for you yes, and for was. all of us in the church. So yeah, I, I, I was very blessed to uh, have been married for 41 years before my wife passed away. And uh, uh, I was used to that life and love. I, I'm one of those guys that love being married wasn't looking for new love. Uh, actually, I wasn't. Uh, people try to fix you up. Fact is, when my wife died where I lived, I lived in a little cul-de-sac, and every single woman within three-block area brought me dishes of food, <laughs> knocked on my door, You're wanted stuck. to come in. And, uh, uh, but uh, when I met her, I, I, I was, I told, I, fact is, I told uh, uh uh, Kathy's husband, I said, I don't want to meet anybody. I'm really not ready. But once I seen her, I thought, well, maybe I am ready. I don't know. <laughs> so, but uh, I've been very, very blessed, and we just celebrated our seventh anniversary, and, and God's been very good. So early years of the church, if those of you don't know, the building, we still own it as a church. It's on 4th and Plum. There's a, a cool ministry in there, a great church called Cheris. We rent to them. And uh, with stained glass, the entire church would have probably fit in about this section here, maybe a little more. I uh, see Deb. She's in some of the earlier years, our siblings. Lola and Donna were here first service, and Donna was one of our original members uh, back 20, 21 years ago. And uh, so it's been fun. But anybody know, without those historic people, anybody know what time was our original church service start time for about the first 10 to 12 years? No, no, no. Anybody? One o'clock. One o'clock. Yep, 1 p.m. was our church service time. Anybody know the, the original name of Upper Room? It was not Worship Center. Oh, come on, Linda, you're one of the originals. <laughs> So Upper Room Faith Assembly. So first few years. Now, just, just to give you a little background, and then we'll get to asking uh, Pops more questions. Pops, is that too disrespectful or is that no, good? No, that's great. Okay. So the, other, the first service, he's like, can I, can I just say something? I was like, yeah, you're dead. I have to let you. So anyway, um, it, was, it was interesting because when, when mom and dad started the church, and um, I'm super grateful for that. First off, us siblings, there was four, there's four of us. There's Cheryl, yeah. Matt, attended the 9 a.m. There's Leah, and then, then there's the baby, seven years younger. So anyway, there's four of us, and, and Cheryl definitely had a strong relationship with the Lord, but not plugged in closely to a church family, and then the rest of us were basically heathens, and uh, definitely not plugged into a church. So my mom and dad, through the history of some things that happened in another denomination, essentially got shunned uh, for just wanting to pursue Christ's freedom. Uh, so what happened was, they, I asked my mom once, I said, why, why did you start up a room? And she gave me a verse, and I'd love to read that with you. It's Galatians 5.1. She says, for the, this is what the Bible says, and she was telling me this is the verse that summarized the launch of Upper Room. It was initially to save our, our ki their kids, our siblings, but then to let all people go free. The oppressed, the religious oppressed, the drug addicts, all of that. But it says, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery, or one version says bondage. 
You know, don't, don't submit again. Don't be held up. Don't be contained with a yoke of bondage. Be free in Christ. So it's for Christ's freedom. So those are some of the, the initial fi- findings. But now we have, we have churches in St. Lucia, Mexico, ministry in Costa Rica, Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, geez, I'm probably forgetting some. We have plants that have went out, ministers from here that have went out and planted church, ones in Richmond, um, all these different things going on. We are a pillar in the community, you know, all these things that I love to brag on. Did you ever think 21 years ago we would reach, we would arrive to this point so far? Well, I, I think 21 years ago I didn't think about reaching the nations or going outside these four walls so much other than in Mexico. I mean, we, we had started that uh, uh, supporting in supporting some missions and, and we were the church has always been mission minded uh, that's one thing that I come from a mission minded family and and we was always mission minded but no I had no idea that it would reach out as far as it has but I did have a vision for this uh, I had a vision that this this place would be filled up and uh, that we would be having more than one services and and uh, I, I did have that vision when did that vision start that vision started uh, right when, uh, before, when this was just a property and it, had, and it needed to be cleared off. Uh, I remember driving by and there was a for sale sign and I called about it and it was, uh, they was asking about three times what we ended up paying for it. But I thought that would be a good place for a church. Right here would be a good place for a church. And I just lived down the road. I lived down on the corner. And uh, uh, so I made a little altar. Just a little tiny altar. Fact is, uh, uh, I got it out at, out at my house someplace, and uh, but uh, I uh, put it out there by this rock. There's a rock right outside. If you look out in this field, there's a rock, and I built an altar. Didn't own the own the property. Uh, there was enough growth out there that I could hide in there, and I, I put a little an old rug in there. And uh, I would go over there and I'd pray every day. I'd pray at that rock, say, Lord, give, give us this property. And uh, my dad, uh, he was getting on me about the church being too full down to the other one. You got to do something. I did something. You do something. And I said, well, dad, my dad was a pastor. And I said, I am. And I showed him, I come by, drove by, showed him this property. He said, drive on there. And so they just had a little thing up by the sidewalk there. We didn't have a sidewalk at that time, I don't think. But I, I drove up there. And uh, he said, here, follow me. And he raised his hands and started praying, and we walked around the whole property. And uh, people's coming out. He was pretty loud, even. And uh, he's an old Pentecostal guy. And uh, so we prayed over the land, and he said, well, I feel like God's going to give it to you. And, uh, but it wasn't that easy. This guy here went to how many financial institutes? 16 banks. <laughs> 16 different banks before we could get a loan to buy It was just after the crash in 08, and we had... Uh, we had more than 50% to put down, but we didn't have the years of history that banks wanted to see. One of the things I want to say is that God has always blessed financially. Uh, we've always been a church that's, that's been a giving church. We bought that, uh, the other church that we're renting out now, we bought that under five year, a five-year plan. And uh, uh, we, the church, the Assembly of God Church owned it. And they said, at the end of five years, you're going to have to go to the bank and, and get a loan. But uh, we'll go ahead and loan you $100,000 for five years. We paid that off in three and a half, and we didn't even have to take out a loan. It was paid off, plus a new roof. Well, a couple. The first one didn't, didn't, uh, didn't last real long. And, uh, and did a lot of work on the inside. So God, God's been good. I mean, he's been 
really, really good. And even even to uh, be able to put 50% down to get this, uh, I, I can't even explain. You know, God's a, God just loves us. He does. And the biggest thing that I wanted out of a church was when they walked through the doors that they would feel the love of God. I mean, feel like they're really loved. I know there's people hurting, and uh, that was the other part. You know, not only did we want to see our children saved, but so many people's been hurt religiously and been hurt by others. And uh, I came out of a very strict thing, and that's why they kicked me out, because I said I didn't agree with it. And they said, well, you're gone. But uh, I, I didn't want to be kept in a box, and I didn't want to be judgmental. And I, I came from that kind of background. And once we left that, I didn't judge anybody. And uh, anybody, everybody was welcomed. And, uh, and I just wanted, and one of the things that I remember is people saying, you know, you feel love when you walk in here. So now that our organization, we bless you and we say thank you. Yes. So um, now one of the things is uh, we, dad, dad's dad, my grandpa Dorsey, always basically instilled a thing in us, um, well, my dad and then me, but to always tithe always give out to missions. And that's one thing we've always done. So yeah, we've been paying off debt. And um, Angie, Angie gets a little frustrated when I word it like this. But if you count the equity of our other building and what we have in our bank account right now, uh, we are debt free. We, we have more in than we owe on this building. So essentially, that's the way I look at it. Like that equity counts. I like that look. And that's real estate equity. We, we fully own the other building. And um, we've paid down half of what we did borrow for this. We, we borrowed about $700,000 for this project and uh, we've paid that down half in seven years. So, so anyway, uh, what, what I was gonna say is this year though, we've given out more than $40,000 to other ministries and other missions and other organizations Praise leading God. people to Christ. So um, it's not just about us here. That's something that's been instilled in me and I think some of that's attributed to the integrity. And that's, that's what I told First Service. I'm most proud, as a third generation pastor, I'm probably most proud of the purity and integrity and the faithfulness of our family. There's never been a money scandal. There's never been a sex scandal. There's never been anything of anybody within our family going out on our wives or anything to do with that. And for me, I, I hunger and thirst for righteousness and purity. And I'm super proud of my grandpa and my dad to leave a legacy of the purity of ministry Amen. and that devotion and that integrity. Okay, about two more questions. I know we're past time here, uh, but a couple more questions. Now you're in a role of leading the county. He's a county, Miami County Commissioner, and uh, it was kind of fun to talk about this. The differences, or, or what are the, some of the similarities of, of leading people for the county and leading people in a ministry with the kingdom? Well, one of the things that I do every morning that I go into work, I pray. I got my Bible at work. I read a scripture, and everybody there that works for me, they know, oh, they'll start to come in. They'll see that I'm reading my Bible. They'll walk away. But uh, uh, people that work for the county know who I am, know what I believe. Uh, I've had other elected officials uh, call me up, ask me to come and pray for them. They'll shut the door and say, uh, I need prayer. Would you mind laying hands on me? Because uh, I went to a nursing home where one of our elected officials had fell, broke his hip, and he was in a nursing home recouping. And, and he, to be honest with you, he didn't believe in, in God. I don't know if he didn't believe in God, but he, he wasn't a believer, uh, so to speak. And uh, uh, he kind of shunned me and didn't really like me, I didn't, I didn't think. But the uh, prosecutor and the sheriff were going over there to visit him, and uh, he said, uh, 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 
you know, come, come with us. And I said, I don't know. I, I don't eat. It was at the Brethren home in, in uh, Greenville. I go over there and, uh, they're talking, we're visiting. And, uh, he said, he's going to be able to get out of there in maybe three or four weeks if he heals up properly. And God said, pray for him. And I, I, I'm telling God in my, in my heart now, I'm saying he doesn't even want prayer. He doesn't even like me. Why do you want me to pray for him? And, uh, so, uh, God told me again, and, and I've, I always believe in, believe in, in doing what God wants me to do. So I went over, I asked him, I said, uh, God's been uh, uh, telling me in my heart to, to pray for you. Would you accept prayer? And he looked up at me, he said, sure. And I laid hands on him, and I began to pray, and I mean the Spirit of God took over. I felt something leave my hands and go into him. And so we're going back. I'm sitting in the back seat, the sheriff and the prosecutor's in the front seat coming back to Troy. And uh, finally, the prosecutor says, Greg, and I said, yeah, if anything ever happens to me, would you please come and lay hands on the <laughs> and, uh, He said, I felt that. So, so you know, you, you, you take this with you. You don't just leave it. You know, God's been good to me. God's uh, used me. And uh, it seems like I've raised, uh, rose to the top about every place I've ever been. And uh, God's just a good God. And as uh, long as you keep him first and do what he wants you to do. The other thing is I've all, I had a mom and dad that prayed for me before I was ever married. After I got married, my wife prayed for me all the time. And uh, when I married Patty, that's one of the things that is so similar. Her and, and, and uh, my wife, Midge, was she is a prayer warrior. I mean, I'm, I'm being honest with you. She's a prayer warrior. She prays for me. She gets up. She sees me out the door. She'll stay at the door, and as I'm driving out the driveway, she'll, she wants to wave to me, you know, and uh, every day. And uh, I, I really appreciate that. I appreciate uh, uh, the prayers. Would you say um, leading a county in a government position is easier or is, pa or, or is pastoring easier? Which one's easier? Which one's harder? Actually, I, I think leading the county, it, it seemed to be more fun and easier. God bless you, brother. So you're saying I work harder than you? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll say that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think the thing is, like, relationally, it's, it's, it's hard. You invest your life into relationships, and they, they change. People leave. Yes. The Zacharys, each of our girls' best friends who are part of the Zachary family that just got relocated to Mississippi. So overnight, three of our four girls lost best friends in one day. You know, and that's relationship. And so it is hard, but I know there are pressures of leading and budgeting and different things. Okay, real quick, last two. Looking out here, seeing what you're seeing now, what excites you most? What, what excites me most is all the new people coming in, uh, the people that's uh, finding Jesus. And, and, and the other thing that excites me is I, I, I got friends and I'm meeting new people. And, and it just excites me to see people that want to live for God. And, and the other thing, one of the things that I'm really most blessed for, and I, I just want to let everybody here know, uh, I sat over there, me and my wife sat there. I've got grandkids that sat behind me. I got grandkids that sat in, in front of me. And what other man, you know, I, and I tell this to other pastors, I tell this to people, I get to go to church on Sunday and see my entire family. All my children live in Miami County, grandchildren. What a blessing. So 21 years has been worth it. You, get, you led your family to, to Jesus and church. Yeah, and, and to see my family being blessed, that's, that's the thing. I mean, it isn't about me. It's about you 
It's about my grandchildren. It's about you, the, the, the people that go to church here, the saints of God. Uh, that's, that's the most, you know, remembering you when you was a little boy. Remember baptizing you, you know. I mean, I, I can look around and, and know the different things that I've done uh, through God and, and been able to help. Seeing, seeing Brother Kirk there with a wife. You know, that's a blessing. And, uh, and how far he's come. And uh, he's, he's been a friend of mine for years. And uh, uh, glad to just see successes. So last question. What are you most excited for for the next 21 years for Upper Room? I, I want to be alive. <laughs> Number one, I'd like to stay alive and see my grandkids up here ministering, uh, preaching. Uh, leading song, uh, you know, maybe doing artwork, whatever. But I, I just want to—I want to see that the next generation go on. That's exciting, you know. To see young people that love God—that's exciting. To see people that uh, want to give everything that they have to God and 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 can't wait to get to church—that's exciting. Come on, Amen. Uh, and uh, and I get to be a part of that, and I get to feel that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's stand. Okay, we're going to ask my dad. Um, this is a fun way that we dismiss every once in a while. It started back in the history of Bible study nights, Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. All right? So there's a couple things you need to do. You need to raise your hands and just repeat after him three times. So he's going to close it. All right? And this is how we used to close every Wednesday night. And uh, we just bless you guys as you go. And um, thanks, Dad, for a legacy. Thanks for, for being faithful to Jesus. Pursuing vision. Those of you who don't know, they, they put their house on a second mortgage 21 years ago to buy that first building single-handedly and to invest when the carpet needed replaced and the ceiling tiles are falling down and the roof was leaking. They saw something. And um, thanks. Okay, hands up. My dad did this 40 years ago. He started this in his church, and he would dismiss by saying, thank you, Jesus, three times. So here we go. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jesus.